Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. This end time global, global link ministry claiming claiming the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the one that was, the one that is, and the one is to come, the almighty, the everlasting Father, the one that made and created the heavens and the earth. He's coming back to judge the world in righteousness. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ verified doctrinal. The Bible says Jesus Christ was, is and was and always will be God. He's God in the flesh, manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, received up into glory, sitting on the right-hand side of the Father of authority, and now he's on his way back to judge the world in righteousness. You talking about righteousness. I'm talking about God's righteousness. God is righteous in all his ways. <clears throat> he's holy in all his works. If you're not holy, then you need God to work on your soul. You need God to work on your spirit. You need Christ to come into your life and make you whole, because without Christ, you are filthy. You are a sinner. You are a unbeliever. You are a candidate for hell. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying this because it's true. I'm saying this because it's the word of God. God is a spirit, and those that worship him, those that honor him, those that love him, those that desire him must worship him in spirit and must worship him in truth. For God is truth. God cannot lie. God cannot break his promise. And God can't die. Nobody can bury him. Nobody can burn him. Nobody can can do what they want to with him because he's all self-existence. But what he did for the world, what he did for the world, he did it in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm here tonight to make a, a plea. I'm making a plea to those that are listening to me. And my plea is, my definitely plea is don't die without Christ. My plea is to you, don't die without Christ. Don't die lost. Don't die a sinner. Don't die a liar. Don't die a whoremonger. Don't die a homosexual. Don't die like that. Now, you can get saved. Homosexuals can get saved. Adulterers can get saved. But don't die like that. Don't die in your sins. If you die in your sins, you will go to hell. You will be lost forever. You will be separated from God forever. You will never, never be able to be saved if you die without Christ. 
because life is only one time road. If you miss this eternal life through Jesus Christ, you will look up your eyes in hell and plead for mercy. There won't be no mercy. What I'm saying tonight, this is Watchmen on the Wall, End Time, Global Link Ministry. And my job is to preach the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My job is to tell you what the word of God said. My job is to tell you, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. My job is to proclaim the glorious gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because, number one, he's coming back again very soon to judge the world in righteousness. He's coming back to do what? He's coming back in two phases. He's coming back in two stanzas. He's coming back in two miraculous phases. The first phase is the rapture of the church. That's the first phase. The rapture of the church is when Christ comes back to rapture the born-again believers, the born-again believers that have accepted him as Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ is coming back after a church worldwide, a whole round world, those that are saved around the world. you got to understand this now because church is not just a building on the side of a street on 5th Avenue or on 4th Avenue. The church is the body of Christ universally around the world for all those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior by repenting of their sins and believing in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of God himself coming back from the grave with all power in heaven and earth in his hand, and he ascended up into heaven. Guess what? 2,000 years ago, he ascended up, and he said, I will come back again and receive you into myself, and where he is, you shall be there also. So right now, we're living in a time now where the first phase of the second coming of Jesus Christ is getting ready to take place. The first phase, as I said, is the rapture of the church. You see, Christ is going to rapture the church for those that have accepted the blood and accepted the sacrifice, accepted the suffering, accepted the death, accepted the burial, and accepted the resurrection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for he paid the price for your sins, for my sins, and the sins of the whole world. In other words, he died in my place. And since he died in my place, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. So now your sins have been paid for. The thing is, are you going to accept the payment? The payment is eternal life. The only way you can receive eternal life is that you got to repent, you got to turn, you got to be broken up, you got to come to Christ with a contrite spirit, you got to confess it with your mouth, you got to believe it with your heart. And you got to ask him to come in right now and save my soul from work, <clears throat> from the bowels of hell. 
Now, hell is a place where all the wicked go. Hell is a place where all the wicked go. There's fire there, but it's not the lake of fire. It's a waiting room for until the final judgment. So when a sinner man, and only a sinner man, dies without Christ, he will literally go to hell. That's in the bowels of the earth, the bowels of the earth. That's where hell is. And every human being that ever died without Christ is in hell now. And there are people dying today without Christ. The minute they die, they go directly to hell to wait for what? The final judgment. The final judgment of the wicked. The wicked will be judged at the end, listen to me now, at the end of the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. After the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ on this earth, after that, all the wicked dead will be resurrected from Adam all the way over to 20, to 30, to 30, 20, well, probably 30, 23, because Revelation covers the period of 3,000 years. Revelation covers the period of 3,000 years. You got 2,000 years of the church age. The church age will last 2,000 years. After the church age is over and the tribulation is over, we will go into the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. That's another 1,000 years. That 1,000 years will add up to 2,000 years, and that will be 3,000 years at the end of the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. After the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, all the wicked dead will be resurrected and they will be suspended in the universe and the great white throne. God will judge them at the great white throne. All, all, all the wicked dead from Adam to all the way down to the end of the millennium. And the first wicked person that was in hell, that went to hell, was Cain. Cain was the first human being that dropped into hell. I don't know how many after that dropped into hell, but we know one thing. All the wicked in the Old Testament and all the wicked in the New Testament and those that's in the millennium reign, that would be wicked. How, how, how can it be wicked? It's going to be a time of peace. Well, the only sin that man would deal with during the millennium reign is unbelief. But wickedness will be wiped off the face of the earth up till the time that Satan is put in the bottomless pit. So those that reject Jesus Christ, they're considered wicked people. And you know what? I'm, you you want to know what a wicked person is? You know, you want to know what a real wicked person is? A real wicked person is a person that refuses to accept the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. That is a wicked person. That is a person that denies the sacrificial death, the sacrificial 
sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on Calvary's cross, they belligerently rejects the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. They deny it. They reject it. They curse at it. They rebuke it. And so when that person died, he would directly go to hell because he only rejected the only atonement that was made by Jesus Christ to save his soul, and he rejected the salvation that Jesus Christ provided for him, and so he would have to pay for his own sin. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so when a man dies in the Old Testament, those that believe and have faith in Jesus, uh, have faith in the word of God was imputed to them for righteousness because they believe that Jesus Christ was coming by believing God what he had wrote in the Bible. And those that <clears throat> was born into the church age, those that accepted Jesus Christ. So there are going to be four types of tests, four types of saints on the earth. Old Testament saints, the New Testament saints the tribulation saints, and the millennium saints. Saints, S-A-I-N-T-S. All the wicked, all the ungodly, all the abominable will never, never, never live with Jesus Christ. They never will enter the kingdom of God. They will be shut down, cut off, and be cast in to hell until the final day which will be cast into the lake of fire. Because the lake of fire and hell is two different places. The the lake of fire is where all the abode will last forever. Hell is a place in which there will be a waiting room, and it's not purgatory because there's no such doctrine in the Bible that speaks of purgatory hell. It is a place for all the wicked dead and wait. They wait. They're dead but not spiritually. They're dead physically. They died physically, but their soul's still alive. And if you die and go to hell, you will know where you're at when you die until the final day you'll be resurrected for the judgment. So what I'm saying to you, <clears throat> urgent, it's a SOS out. Please don't die without Christ. The Bible says there's a day coming when the world will be in such a state that it will be almost unfit to live in. And now we are coming to that state where the world is almost unfit to live in because of the horrific sins and the abomination and all the calamity that's falling on the planet right now. It will continue on until the end of the seven-year tribulation. The seven-year tribulation has not started but the seven-year tribulation is not far away. It's right up on us. There's a day coming when the church will be raptured up. After the rapture of the church, Jesus Christ said there is a what? There is a antichrist coming. There is a man of sin coming. There is a man that's going to come to claim himself to be Jesus Christ, but it will be a it will be a tool of Satan in which he will use this man to deceive the world and believe that this Antichrist is Jesus Christ and he is not Jesus Christ. 
He is the Antichrist. He's anti-God. He's anti-holy. He's anti-church. He's against the word of God. He's, a, he, he's against the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's against all the biblical doctrines and the biblical uh, eschatology. He's against the cross. He's against sanctification. He's against holiness. He don't want to live holy, don't think about holy, because he loves sin so much. And if you love sin and you die in your sins, you will die and go to hell. How far are we from the rapture? Not far. How far? Not far. How far? Not far. How far? According to the word of God. According to the word of God. The Bible says that before the rapture of the church comes to full play, there is going to be a war. And I want to let you know that war is going on right now in Jerusalem. And this war is caused by the Palestinians, the Hezbollah, the Hamayas, Jihad. These nations are gathering around Jerusalem now. And they're enclosing and shooting missiles and rockets, and they're throwing bombs over there in Jerusalem. And <clears throat> these nations are trying to eliminate Jerusalem. They're trying to eliminate the Israelites. They're trying to em- uh, they're trying to to eliminate the Jewish nations. And this war is started up about 2022, and it's still going on. And by it's going on, it's going to end up to a grand war. And these nations, six nations, are encamped around them called the Ring of Fire. The Ring of Fire. Six nations. And these nations are planning to wipe out the Jewish people. I want you to get this now, because this is happening right now. If you return on your YouTube, that's the best place you can get it. YouTube, they will show you what's going over there in Jerusalem. They're shooting and killing, and they're, they're, they're murdering uh, 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 pedestrians. They're murdering the Jews, and they're trying to get rid of the Jews. This is why the Bible says in this day, this is why Jesus said, when you see, when you see armies come past around Jerusalem, and these nations are come passing around Jerusalem, six of them, or come past it, it's called the Ring of Fire, and they are firing missiles day and night, at least a 1,000 missiles a day. They've been shooting over there in Jerusalem, and they're doing it every day. They're trying to cease them from fighting, but it's going to end up beginning of World War III. But what's getting ready to happen, Jerusalem is getting ready to respond. And when they start responding, they're going to let these nations know that you cannot mess with us and survive. And the world today is not paying attention. The people are not paying attention. Church folks are not paying attention. The preachers are not paying attention. The deacons and the sisters are not paying attention. The choir members are not paying attention. They're not paying attention that when Jerusalem is going to come past with armies, Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. And before he comes back to earth, the first phase of the second coming of Jesus Christ is the rapture. So the rapture is just around the bend because the nations of the world is encamping around Jerusalem, and they are trying to exterminate the Jewish people. And Jesus Christ already have said 
If you touch the Jewish people, you touch the apple of mine eye. You're touching my chosen one. You're you're messing with the ones that wrote the Holy Scriptures. You're messing with the one that brought the Messiah into the world. You're messing with the one, the only nation that I desire to use as a as a ambassadors for me and as a representative to me is the Jewish nation. And the Jewish nation was to represent the only one true living God. They was supposed to what? They were to oppose the announcement that the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God of Israel is the God that made and created the heavens and the earth. He made man. He made the stars. He made the animals. He made everything. And he is a ruler. And he is the creator and maker of all mankind. There is no one before him and there is no one after him. He is the one that is going to judge the world and he's going to judge the world through Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth. But before he comes back, he's going to rapture the church. And since Jerusalem now is in compass with armies, pretty soon it's going to get unbearable. Pretty soon people are going to wonder what's going to happen. But these nations, when they get to the peak of trying to eliminate the Jewish people, and, and, and ignite World War III, the rapture of the church is going to occur. And that's this year, not next year. The war is not going to start next year. The war is already in, in motion. And since it's in motion, it's going to build up to end up into the World War III. Because Russia, Ukraine, Iran and Iraq, Libya, all these nations, including jihad, including Hamas and Hezbollah, and all these nations are gathered around Jerusalem now, and they're saying, we are going to exterminate the Jewish people. Well, they'll never do it. They have always tried. For the last 2,000 years, the Jews have been in conflict with other nations, and these other nations is trying to eliminate God's chosen people. He chose them because of the faith of Abraham. Abraham was called a friend of God. Abraham was known a man of faith. Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness. Abraham was obedient to God, and God said, because you have been obedient to me, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and this one nation that I'm going to bring forth will be the nation in which Christ will come through, in which the Bible will be written, in which the nations of all nations, this nation is going to show you who the real God is, and the real God is the God of Abraham. Abraham. So where are we at? We in 2023. Where are we? We in the month of May. What's happening in May? The 28th of May. The 28th of May. We, the Jewish are going to celebrate the day of Pentecost. And the day of Pentecost happened 2,000 years ago. And the Jews is still acknowledging this, that May the 28th is the day in which the birth of the church was born. It was conceived by the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was sent from heaven in the name of Jesus. 
He told his disciples to go back down to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, and he will send you some power from on high. And when he received that power, I want you to be a witness for me and to the utmost parts of the earth. And you know how long that happened ago? That happened 2,000 years ago. And it's still celebrating. And this year, May the 28th, May the 28th, the Jewish people are going to celebrate the 75th Jubilee for the last 2,000 years. They have celebrated it. They have been a nation for 75 years, and this year they're going to celebrate the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was when the church was conceived and the people was filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, and they went outside and began to preach, save Jesus, and him crucified, that he died and rose again. And ever since that day, the gospel has been being preached, and it's being preached today everywhere, and it's going to be preached at the end time. But now the church is almost over. The church age is almost over. We only got a few more feast days to fulfill. And what are those feast days? Well, let's look at what the Bible says. In the 23rd chapter of Leviticus, we read the seven feast days. Now, number one, the Passover. Number two, unleavened bread. Number three, first fruit, the resurrection. Number four, we got the day of Pentecost. I'll go back over it again. The first feast, the day of Passover. That's the crucifixion. Unleavened bread. That's the death of Christ. Unleavened bread, his body represents unleavened bread. After unleavened bread, three days in the heart of the earth, and on the third day, first fruits. That represents the resurrection. He's the firstborn of them that slept. He's the first man that was resurrected on his own power. He's the first man that had power enough to lay down his life and pick his life up again. First fruit, the one that he said, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be slain and hung on the tree. And on the third day, on the third day, I'm going to be resurrected. That's the first fruits. And after the first fruits, I'm going to be resurrected on the first fruit. And after the first fruit, I'm going to stay up on the heart of the earth for 40 days to prove that I am he that once was dead, but now I'm alive and liveth forevermore. I'm going to prove I'm going back to heaven. And in 10 days, on the day of Pentecost, the Feast of Jubilee, the 50th day, I'm going to send some power from on high, and you shall be a witness. Well, that happened 2,000 years ago, and on 28th of May, it's going to happen again because that's the feast day with number four, the next feast day, the next feast day. What is it? The next feast day is a feast of trumpets, the trumpets, the trumpets. What does a trumpet represent? A trumpet represents a day of awe, a day of repentance a day of awareness, a day of warning, a day that Jesus Christ said this day, this day, 
and it's been 2,000 years ago, and the trump has been blown for that long, but now it's getting closer and closer. So the next feast day is called the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets. And that happens four months after, after the day of Pentecost. That'll be June, July, August, and September. That's four months. That's four months. And that four months covers the four seasons. That, that spring, fall, spring, summer, fall, winter. Four months. Harvest time is September. It's harvest month, September. So the church right now, the church got this many months before September because September is a month of harvest. And the Jews have been blowing and blowing and blowing this trumpet ever since the day at Mount Sinai. And when they rebelled against God in 606 B.C., they still will have their feast days, but they were scattered all over the face of the earth. And 1948, when they became the nation, they restored their feast days in Jerusalem. And since 1948 until 2023, they have been blowing the trumpet of Rosh Hashanah since 1948. It's 2023. And now, since we're at the end time, since Jerusalem is compact with armies, since we have the Euphrates River drying up, since we have stars and moon, signs in the moon and stars, since we have tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes, all this is the beginning of sorrow. But the next four months is going to be very crucial months. Why? Because this is the month that's running up to September. And September is the only month that the trumpets are blown. And when the trumpets are blown, known as a sofar, it's going to tune in with heaven. Because this war that's coming up is going to end up with World War III. World War III will end up with Russia. Because now the rings of fire is trying to do something that's impossible. And God is going to intervene on these nations that's trying to destroy Israel. And when they intervene, when God intervened on the nation of Israel and intervened on these nations of the world and these armies, the victory is going to be victorious. And when it be victorious, the Russians are going to look at it and say, well, what happened? Because God is going to fight the battle for Israel. Who's going to win this battle that's coming up? God is going to win it. God is going to stop these rings of fire, these six nations that's trying to destroy Jerusalem right now. I don't told you. Right now they're trying to destroy Jerusalem. But these next four months is going to tell the story. And we're going to see an increase because the Jews are getting ready to go ground forces. All these armies that are gathering around Jerusalem now 
is getting ready to make an attack upon Jerusalem, and it's going to fail. And around about September, the month of September is the Rosh Hashanah month. And this is where Jews bring out their sofars, and they prepare themselves to blow the sofars under the direction of the new moon. And when they blow this sofar, it's going to tune in with heaven. And God is going to blow his sofar. And it's going to tune in with the Jewish sofar. And for the last 2,000 years, they blow these sofars and there was no rapture. And the reason why there was no rapture, because the time had not been fulfilled. And since all the eschatology that the Bible said that would happen at the end of time has come forth, and that is the rebuilding of the Jewish temple, the red heifers, all the priests are planning to participate in the blood sacrifices of animals. All of Jerusalem is looking forward to reestablish the third temple because they got to have a temple in order for the Antichrist to make a covenant with. When the rapture of the church occur, the Antichrist will come on the scene when the Antichrist come on the scene, it will be, be it will be the beginning of the seven year tribulation. He shall sign a covenant. Listen, he will sign a covenant with the Jewish people, and the covenant will be that he will protect them for seven years, seven years of protection by the Antichrist, and he will sign a peace treaty with the Jewish people, and the Jews will accept him as being Jesus Christ. But it will not be Jesus Christ. It will be the Antichrist implementing that he is the true Christ. Because before Christ raptured the church, before Christ comes back to the earth, the Antichrist has to come. And he cannot come until the rapture of the church. So the rapture of the church is right on time. Because 2023 is the fulfillment of the last so far to be blown. And at that time, nobody knows the hour, nobody knows the day, but the times of the season, the times of the season is in the fall. In the fall, can't be in the wintertime, can't be in the summertime, can't be in the springtime. It's in the fall, and September is the fall month. And at the fall month, the Jews will prepare to what? Get ready for harvest, and the harvest of the church is getting ready to be harvested because Jesus Christ is going to rapture the church up. He's harvested. He's going to bring the born-again believers and take them from the planet Earth and remove them to the portals of heaven, and there we will be at the judgment seat of Christ. Nobody knows the hour or day. Not the angels, not the son, nothing but the father. Only God knows that day. Only God has picked out a day 
And God is saying now, all biblical prophecies is just almost fulfilled before the rapture. Everything is set in order. The devil is roaring like a lion. He's killing, murdering, raping. He is doing everything he can to wipe people off the face of the earth because he ain't nothing but a, a thief and a robber and a destroyer, and he's trying to destroy humanity, but he never will be able to do it because Jesus Christ said up on this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he done gave us the kingdom of the he done gave us the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus Christ is ready to come back. And he's coming back in a moment, in a moment, in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. And, buddy, that's fast. That's faster than a speeding bullet. There's going to be millions of people disappear. Disappear. Quick, fast, lightning. Horrific speed. He's going to translate the church from earth to glory. He's going to change the body to immortality and take this mortal body and change it, and we shall be caught to meet the Lord in the air on Rosh Hashanah, whether it be this September or next September. But let me tell you, everything that's been fulfilled is fulfilled this September, the next Big ordeal is World War III. When you see an upbuilding of war machines in Jerusalem and armies gathering around Jerusalem, the time is nigh. God is not going to let the church be here when World War III break out. And these wars are going to be started by the Palestinians and Hamayas. And is uh, Hezbollah, all these Iranian and Palestinian nations are getting ready to try to bombard Jerusalem, and it's not going to work. And this is going to lead into World War III because these nations is not going to be able to eliminate the Jewish people. And by that, Russia is going to make her move. Russia now going to find out that this year's war that's coming up is not going to work and so Russia will take over. And Russia now is linking up with what? He's linking up with six other nations. Let me name the nations in the Bible. I'm going to the Bible. Y'all hold on there. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel and see what nations are going to link up with Russia. Russia is known as Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tubal. And the Lord said, prophesy against them. Chapter 38. Now, this is the war that's going to be ignited by the ring of fire. These six nations that's around Jerusalem now is going to ignite World War III because this year's war that's coming up is going to fail. They're not going to be able to do nothing with the Jewish people because God is going to intervene on this little war that we, they're fighting now. And then after they after they tried to whoop the Jewish nation and take them off the map, they're going to find out it's going to be a failure. And by it being a failure, Russia says, since they couldn't do it, I'm going to do it. That's what Putin believes that he thinks he can do. 
But Putin ain't going to do nothing but get himself killed. Because I'm going to tell you now, you don't want to mess with no Jew. You don't want to mess with no Jew. You mess with a Jew, you just want to go down by the book and hang yourself. Now, this is what God wrote through Ezekiel to tell Meshach and Tubal. Listen to what it says. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Third verse. And say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks in your jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army. Now, this is the army that Russia is gathering up now. Horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers, and shields, all of them handling swords. Listen, listen at the five countries that's going to confederate with Russia. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, with them, of all of them, with shield and helmet. Gomer, which is Germany, all his bands. The house of Togomar, which is Turkey of the northern quarter, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy companies that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days, after 2,000 years, that's what Ezekiel was saying, after 2,000 years, the 2,000 years are here, it's 2023. After many days, Thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Thou shalt come into the land in the latter years, from 606 BC to 2023 is about 2,600 years. Latter years, latter months, latter days, latter hours. Way down the road, you're going to be visited. In the latter years, thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. What was brought back from the sword? Israel was brought back by the, from the sword. In other words, Israel was vacant from 606 B.C. until 1948. The Turks owned that land. But in 1948, the land was recovered by the Jewish people, and ever since 1948, Israel is prospering, Israel is growing, Israel is rich, Israel is preparing for the temple, Israel is preparing for the Antichrist, Israel is preparing for all that's yet to happen, and the next thing is going to happen, the Antichrist is going to come, but he cannot come until after the body of Christ is excommunicated by the blowing of the sofar, the blowing of the trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise, and we that remain alive shall be called to meet the Lord in the air, and that's it. That's it. We're out of here. We're going to disappear so quick, you're going to make your head swim. 
But before that happens, the war of Gog and Magog will take place. Now listen to what it says. After many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years, and thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountain of Israel, which have been always waste. But now is brought back forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm, and thou shalt be like a cloud that cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. Here's Ezekiel talking about saying that these, these Russians, these Russians and all these nations are going to be like a cloud coming over the land. There's going to be millions of men come upon the land of Israel, and they are going to prepare themselves to go into the land of Israel and wipe it out. But you know something? They are not going to touch God's apple of his eye. Don't you know Israel is no bigger than New Jersey? It's the smallest nation on the planet. You hear what I say? It's the smallest nation on the planet. It's got the smallest population of the earth. The Jews is very few compared to the Gentile nations. But in all that, no nation will ever come over them and have the victory over them because God Almighty is their defense. God Almighty is their refuge. God Almighty is their citadel. God Almighty is their shepherd, and he's not going to let Israel be wiped out by the wolves of the Gentile nation to come down and wipe Israel out because this is what's going to happen. I'll read it out of the Bible and tell you exactly what's going to happen. It says, this is what he says, 10th verse, Thus says the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at that same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Lord, have mercy. Listen what it says. In between that time, in between that time, God is going to defeat the rings of fire, those six nations that's trying to overtake them now. He's going to let them know that they are going to be condemned. They are going to be destroyed. They are going to be ashamed of themselves because they're going to lose the battle. But in losing that battle, it's going to open the gate for Gog and Magog to come in because at that time the peace treaty would have been signed. And when it is signed, the world will have a peace pact. And the nation will have a peace pact with the Jewish people because they God fought for them in that first battle. So now they don't have no walls up. The walls fell down. And so Russia comes up and said, now it's our time because the walls are down. And since the walls are down, we can come over and what? I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls 
and have a, neither bars nor gate to take. This is what they're going to do. They try. They're going to try to do to take a spoil and to take a prey to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, upon the people that are, are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Here's what they're saying. They're saying, now we can go in and take the spoil. Now we can go in and ransack it. We ain't going to bomb them. We ain't going to shoot no more missiles. We're going to go in with the the great army that Russia will have, and we're just going to ramsack the city and tear the city down and get the cattle, get the oil, get the gas, get the potash, get all the vegetables, get all the food. But listen, but listen what it says. It says, and that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarkish, with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take prey, to carry away silver and the gold, to take away cattle and goods, to what? To take a great spoil? Now these nations, these nations will see Russia, which be, will be America will be China, will be all the nations. We'll see, y'all come down here and take all the spoil because the United States will not be able to defend Israel. No other nation will be able to defend Israel. Nobody can protect Israel but God Almighty. And when he gets through with the Russian army, he's going to destroy five-sixths of the Russian armies so bad that the men will actually start killing themselves and murdering themselves, and only five, one-sixth of the Russian army will be saved and go back into Siberia, and the nations that see this, they will wonder and say, well, who will be able to do and fight against these nations and win for Israel? This is what it says. This is what it says in the book of Ezekiel 38 and 13. So what happened? America will be defenseless. America is headed for judgment. America is not fighting for God. They are fighting for themselves. And since America has turned their back on God Almighty, she is going to pay for it. She is going to pay for it for the baby killing. She's going to pay for all the killing and murdering and rape. He, she's going to pay for all the denial. She's going to pay for all the denial of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. She is going to pay for it. And she's going to have to stand by and suffer the judgment of the hand of God during the tribulation period. The tribulation period will last for seven years and America will fall, and the nations will fall under the period of the tribulation period. They will fall under the power of the Antichrist. They will fall under the power of the mark of the beast. They will fall under the judgments that's coming upon the face of the earth. And there's going to be 28 judgments, 28 judgments, the, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, and the seven thunders that's going to clap the earth. It's going to shake the earth, going to move the mountains, going to put out the stars, going to cause the, the, uh, uh, 
the moon to turn red with high blood pressure. God is going to shake, rattle, and roll this earth. And the men up on the earth is going to know that the Lord God Almighty is going to sanctify himself. Listen to what it said in the 14th verse. Lord, have mercy. Listen to what it said. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwell safely, Thou shalt not know it, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north, Russia, God, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding up on horses, a great company, and a mighty army. Thou shalt come upon against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land, and it shall be, what, in the latter of days. The latter of days is 2023. That's the latter of days. And I will bring thee against my land, that the heathens, the heathens may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken in old times by my servants, the prophets? of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them, and it shall come to pass at the same time when God shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face, or in my jealousy, and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Good God Almighty. God's going to shake the land of Israel, not only the land of Israel, but listen to what else he's going to shake. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowl of the heavens and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the earth, upon the face of the earth, shall shake at my presence. What you saying, preacher? I'm saying that the whole world, starting in Jerusalem, God is going to shake the whole world. That every man, every boy, every girl, everybody on the planet Earth is going to feel the shaking. There's going to be epicenter in Jerusalem. It's going to start in Jerusalem. It's going to spread around the world until the fishes of the sea are going to fill it, the animals of the land are going to fill it. And the Lord said, I am going to sanctify myself. I am going to shape myself. I am going to let them know every human being up on the planet that there is a God in heaven who rules the world and everything therein. Listen to what it says. And it says, And all creeping things that creep upon the earth, and all the men that are upon the face of the earth, shall shake at my presence, and the mountains shall be thrown down. The steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains. And the Lord God, now listen, and, and, and says the Lord God, 
every man's sword shall be against his brother. In other words, the Russian army is going to kill and slay each other. I will plead. I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon many people that are with him, with the overflowing rain, great hailstone, fire, and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself. I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know, they shall know, they shall know that I am, I am the Lord. I am the creator. I am the almighty. I am the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am the one that suffered and died on Calvary's cross. I am the one that hung for six long hours. I am the one that dropped my head between the locks of my shoulder and gave up the ghost. I am the one that was put in the grave. I am the one that stayed in the grave for three nights and, and three days. I am the one that got up on the third day morning with all power in heaven, in earth, in his hand. I am the one that ascended into heaven after 40 days and 40 nights upon earth. I am the one that's been gone for 2,000 years. I am the one that's coming back with all power in heaven and earth in my hand. I am the one that's going to bring judgment upon the world and let the people know who I am. I am the one that I've been quiet for the last 2,000 years, and I've shown my mercy and my goodness to this generation. I am the one that have long suffering. I am the one that I wrote in John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I am the one that's coming in flame and fire. I am the one that's going to descend from heaven with a shout. I am the one. I am the one that's coming from heaven with the shout, with the voices of archangels. I am the one. I am the one that's going to defeat Russia coming up in these months to come. I am the one that's going to defend Jerusalem from the rings of fire, from the six nations that's trying to attack them and eliminate them. I am the one that's going to deliver them. I am the one that's going to save those that call upon the name of the Lord in that day. I am the one that's going to unleash the seven seals of apocalypse. I am the one that's going to open the seal of the first horse, a white horse came out. I am the one that's going to open the second seal, the red horse, war will come upon the land. I am the one that's going to open the third seal, the black horse, famines just strike the earth. I am the one that's going to open up the fourth seal, and that fourth seal is death and hell followed it. I am the one that's going to bring pestilence and diseases upon earth, and men are going to want to die and can't do it. I am the one that gave John revelation, uh, and I told John to write 
to the seven churches of Asia Minor. I am the one that gave the time for the church age to come. And I am the one that wrote to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And ever since then, I've been writing, and I'm still writing. I am the one that wrote to Ephesus. I am the one that wrote to Smyrna. I am the one that wrote to Pergamos. I am the one that wrote to Thyatira. I am the one that wrote to Sardis. I am the one that wrote to Philadelphia. I am the one that wrote to Laodicea, the last church age of the church age. And this church age that I'm talking about is the one that will fall away. This is the church age that people are falling away from the faith. What is the faith? The faith is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What is the faith? The faith is the burial, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is the faith? The faith is the one that healed the sick and raised the dead, cast out devils in his name. What is the faith? The one that says, I am he. I am he. I am the beginning, and I am the end. I am the first, and I am the last. I am the alpha, and I'm the mega. This is the one that's coming back to judge the world in righteousness. My friend, this is Elder Bazaar. This is end time. This is end time. It's time. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. We are in the last days. And we find out the tribulation. The tribulation period starts in Revelation, the fourth chapter. And in Revelation, the fourth chapter, we will read what happens in that chapter. And in that chapter, we will read, it says this, the fourth chapter of Revelation. Listen to this. Fourth chapter, at this time, the church age is over. First three chapters covers the church age. The fourth chapter covers the rapture. Now, here's the rapture, the fourth chapter of Revelation. This is what it says. After this, I look. And behold, a door was opened in heaven. The first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet. Trumpet. There's trumpet now. Talking with me. Which says, come up hither. It says, come up hither. What? Who come up? Tells John to come up. John is, 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 is in the church. John is a part of the church, and so he would refer to John as the body of Christ. The born-again believers, come up hither, sanctified ones. Come up hither, justified ones. Come up hither for those that have repented of their sins and been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Come up hither. It doesn't say Baptist, Presbyterian, Scientology, Jehovah Witness. It doesn't say no denomination. It does not name a religion. It says, come up here, and I will show you these things which must be hereafter. After what? After the rapture of the church, John will see what will happen after the rapture of the church. And in the second verse, it says, immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. This is the throne of the judgment seat of Bema. This is the Bema seat of Christ. This is the judgment for the church. 
This is the judgment for those that are here on earth that is saved, sanctified. These are the ones that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. These are the ones that have confessed Jesus Christ with their mouth and believe with their heart that he died and rose again. And these are the ones that believe that the sanctified blood of Jesus Christ is the only way that you can be saved and sanctified is by the blood. These are the ones around the world, on every continent, in every hamlet, in every city, in every town, in every countryside, for all the people that have accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, make no difference where they are or who they are. They are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air in the twinkling of an eye, and we are going at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, here's what the judgment seat of Christ looks like. Listen to what it says. It says, and I'll look. He that sat upon him was to look like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in a sight like unto an emerald. And around the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders. That's the church, the elders, the twelve tribe of Israel, and the twelve apostles. That's twelve Plus 12 is 24. And listen to what he said. I saw four and 20 elders sit clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. This is the church. And all those that got raptured up are going to see this. The church is going to see this. I'm going to see this. Eyeball to eyeball. And out of the throne proceeds what? Lightning and thundering and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like into a crystal. And in the midst of the throne, round and about the throne, were four beasts, full of eyes, before and behind. Woo-wee! Look at that. And the first beast was like a lion, Second beast, like a calf. Third beast, face of a man. Fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts, each of them had six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which was, which and is, and is to come. Holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was, which and is, and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth. This is judgment seat of Christ now. Church is not, the church is not on earth. Church is in at the judgment seat of Christ. You're standing at the throne. The 10th verse says, And the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their throne before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory 
and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasures they are and were created. Now, this chapter here, the fourth chapter, gives you the picture of the church. That's the church chapter. That's where the church is at during the tribulation period. I won't be here. Why? Because I'm a born-again believer. I've been washed in the blood. I've repented of my sins. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I love the Lord with all my mind, all my soul, all my heart. I love the Lord more than I love myself because it's his love that loved me so much that he gave his only darling son to save the world. When you read your Bible, you read the first three chapters is the church age chapters. All the churches is mentioned in the first three chapters. The church of Ephesus, the backslidden church. The church of Smyrna, the persecuted church. The church of Pergamos, the compromising church. The church of Thyatira, the church married the world. The church of Sardis, the dead church. When I mean the dead church, they are dead in recognizing the return of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in this church of Sardis, there are some there that their garments haven't been stained but they have not followed through with the return of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The preachers have not preached it. The, uh, the people don't believe it. A lot of church folks go to church, but they don't recognize just going to church the rest of your life. One day you're going to have to answer to your works as you do down here, and the people are not looking for the return of Jesus Christ. The next church, Church of Philadelphia, that's the evangelistic church. That's the church where the gospel will go outside of the four walls by evangelizing the world through telecommunication, through high technology and sophisticated uh, communication. The gospel will be preached around the world. It will be preached by the 144,000. It will be preached by the two witnesses. It will be preached by angels. At the end of the tribulation period, they will fly around the world and they will preach the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said the end cannot come, cannot come until all the world hears the gospel. And God's going to make sure that the whole world hears the gospel, whether you have telecommunication or whatever. God's going to make sure that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. It's going to be preached. CNN, ABC, NBC, TNN, every, listen, every TV station, every TV station, every internet, every sophisticated high technology, state of the art communication will be Preaching the gospel 
of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And they will be preaching it for exactly seven years straight. 144,000 will preach 1,260 uh, 1, days or three and one half years. And in the middle of the tribulation, the, the two witnesses come, come on the scene, Moses and Elijah, and they preach it for the last three and one half years. They are going to preach this until the world hears it, until the world says, shut it off. We don't want to hear it no more. But they're going to hear it whether you receive it or whether you reject it. It's going to be preached. And then the end shall come. So, we got the church in heaven, and they are getting their rewards, and they're getting their rewards, and all their works on earth will be judged. And whether the outcome be gold, silver, or brass, or wood, hay, and stubble, you will get what you deserve according to your works here on earth. Christians will be there. You're not going to the judgment seat to be condemned. You're going to the judgment seat to be judged for your works. Get this now, for your works, because your works cannot justify you. You get saved, that's free. Salvation is free. But your works, you have to earn them, and you earn them through Jesus Christ. When you become a Christian, you are ready to go to work, and you work through Christ. Anything done through Christ will stand. Anything that's not done through Christ will not stand. There will be some Christians in heaven that won't get rewards, full rewards, because of the works that they've done on earth. They lived in the flesh. They encountered with the world. They messed with the world. But they were Christian. They were carnal Christian, carnal Christian, carnal Christian. They believe in Jesus Christ. They believe that he died and rose again. But you carnal life. you got to be what? What? Fear with the spirit. you got to work out your own salvation. you got to press on to the high calling. you got to be doing things for Christ's sake. And if you're not doing it for Christ's sake, it don't count. But it does not disgruntle your salvation. Your salvation is free. And anything is free, you can't work for it. And Jesus Christ gave his life freely on Calvary's cross, so you can live in him and come to the time of the rapture, that you will be raptured up, not because of you working or you good or you bad, but because you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So we got the last church in Laodicea. That's the lukewarm, half-hearted, hypocritical, humanist church. These people have a form of godliness, but they ain't got no power. They're going after materialistic gain for trying to claim Christ. They still live in dirty. They still live in a sinful life and try to claim Christ. But you cannot have Christ and have the devil at the same time. Either you're going to serve Christ or you're going to serve the devil. You cannot serve two masters. You hate one and love the other, or you love one and hate the other. Make up your mind. You want to serve Christ? You got to live in Christ. You got to know Christ. You got to accept Christ. You got to repent of your sins and confess Christ. You got to stand for Christ. You cannot live a double mind, double, double, double life and think you're going to heaven because a hypocrite will never make it. 
a, hip, a sinner and a hypocrite will never make it. A backslider, God said, I'm married to a backslider. You are mine from eternity. You may have backslid, but God said, I still love you, and I'm going to make sure that you get your dues. And your dues will be whether you did things for me or whether you did it for the flesh. Because the flesh can never please God. The flesh is imminent against God. Three things God hates, the world system, and God hates sin, the devil, and God hates the flesh. He does not like the flesh. The only thing God can do is work through the flesh. But the flesh can profit you nothing. So you got the first three chapters. The church age covered 2,000 years. The church age covered 2,000 years. And then at the close of the 2,000 years, we have the fourth chapter, which is the rapture of the church, the fourth chapter. The fourth chapter is the judgment seat of Christ for the church. The fourth chapter is where the world experiences the rapture. After the rapture is over and the church is in heaven, the Antichrist arrives. It arrives in the fifth chapter. Let's see what the fifth chapter says about the Antichrist. It says this, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof? And no man, no man, no human being, no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither Look thereupon. And John wept. And John wept much because no man was found worthy to open the book or break the seven seals or look thereupon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the line out of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And that man, is Jesus Christ. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it would have been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth to all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having one, every one of them harps and golden vials full of odor, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals, for thou wast slain, and thou hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, every non tongue, and people and nation. Salvation is for everybody. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go down to the sixth verse, sixth chapter, and we're going to talk about these horses 
and see what they get ready to ride and see what they look like to describe them. And he said, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, I heard as it were noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This horse represents the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is riding on the white horse, realizing that he's not going to ride through the air on the white horse. No, he's not coming from there because he's, he's earthly. He's going to come riding probably most likely in a white limousine. You understand what I'm saying? A white limousine in Jerusalem. He's going to come to Jerusalem. And when he comes to Jerusalem, he's going to have the power to make a covenant with the Jewish people to give them permission to build a temple and give them a promise that he will protect them for seven years. And he says a bow was said a bow was given to him. In other words, he's going to come in on diplomacy. He's going to bring a false peace. And then it says, and, 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 and a crown was given to him, and he went forth conquering to conquer. He went forth a conquer to conquer. He went forth conquering the conquering. The first three and one half years will be a false peace. That's coming up. But in the middle of the tribulation period, there's going to be a assassination. And this assassination, the Antichrist will be killed, shot by a assailant. A deadly wound to the head, and the deadly wound was healed, 13th chapter of Revelation. Deadly wound was healed, and after it was healed, he was resurrected from the dead. And when he was resurrected from the dead, a crown was given to him because he would consider himself as being God Almighty because of his fake, phony, satanic resurrection. The world would believe that he is God Almighty, King of kings, Lord of lords, and it would be the devil himself incarnate himself in the human body of the Antichrist. That's what that means in that first horse, a white horse, a bow, and then a crown was given to him. Before he can get the crown, he has to perform this resurrection. When he performed the resurrection, he will consider himself as being the king, and the world will crown him as being king, God himself. That's the first horse. That's what John was saying. This man is coming. This man is alive today, alive, walking on this planet. He's coming from Western Europe. He's coming from the fallen Roman Empire. He has a father. His father is named King Juan Carlos. His father was the king of Spain from 1975 
to 19 to 2014. I'll say that again. King Juan Carlos became the king of Spain in 1975. He was dethroned in 2014. By him being dethroned, taken from the throne, he was up in age, and he was caught with infidelity. And Spain did not want him. But King Juan Carlos had a son. And his son was named King Felipe. In 2014, King Juan Carlos gave the throne to his son, King Felipe. King Felipe has been the king of Spain since 2014. It's 2023 now. King Felipe was born in 1968. From 1968 to 2023, he will be 55 years old this January. He is now the king of Spain. Daniel the prophet prophesied 2,600 years ago. He said, I saw 10 horns come up out of Western Europe, the 10 NATO countries. These 10 horns represent the 10 European common markets. And then Daniel saw another horn, this little horn, come up from among the other ten horns. And the only nation that came up amongst the ten other horns was Spain. Spain was the eleventh horn. And he said, in this horn, I saw this eleventh horn. And this horn had eyes and spoke great things against the Most High. That means that this man, this horn, the eleventh horn, the Antichrist is the eleventh horn. And this Antichrist name is King Juan Carlos, and he seems very gentle now. But before this happened, he speaks thank things against the Most High, he will be in office then. And that would be in the middle of the tribulation period. So what we're looking at, we're looking at now Spain is the 11th horn. King Juan Carlos' son named King Felipe is the king of Spain. He is married. He's got two daughters. And he's standing six foot three. He has a four-star general. He can fly a plane. He knows 10 languages. He belongs to the Illuminati. He belongs to the Baphonets. He belongs to the Dark Order. He's a Catholic. And he worships what idols. He don't. He might not know it, but he has a feeling that he is the Christ. And he will come on the scene gentle. But in the middle of the tribulation, he will turn to a beast. And this beast will be Lucifer incarnating himself inside of a dead corpse and raising from the dead. And the world will glorify this resurrection and believe that this man is God Almighty and he would deceive the world by doing what? By starting 666, the beast, the beast, the image of the beast. He would desecrate the temple that the Jews built and he will uh, cause abomination, desolation. He will remove the Ark of the Covenant. He will set in the most holy place. He will set up an image of the beast, and he will tell the world, except you bow down and receive the mark of the beast, 
on your forehead or on your right hand, you cannot buy nor sell. You cannot buy nor sell. They got the mark of the beast. They got the hyperdermic needle. They got the computer chip. They're already using it. They're going to use it more and more, and they're going to verify. They're going to what? They're going to tell the world, this is the new way of order. This is the new world order. This is the way we're going to do it. We're going to go cash this system. We're going to do data. We're going to use all kinds of ways to get rid of cash. We're going to use Bitcoin. We're going to use AI. Artificial intelligence is going to take over because the artificial intelligence will lead up to the mark of the beast. A computer half human and half robotic. And it will speak. It will talk. And it will tell the whole world. It will tell everybody from Jerusalem that we will institute executive order. If you want to buy or sell or do any kind of business, you must bow down and receive the mark of the beast before you can buy or sell. And the world is going to dive at it like a bunch of pigs. And one thing about it, I'm talking. When you receive this mark on your forehead, on the back of your hand, you will not be able to buy or sell. You will be limited on your split decision whether you receive the mark or you refuse the mark. If you refuse the mark, you will die. You will not be able to buy or sell. You will be beheaded by the persecution that's coming up on the world, and I mean the whole world. America, 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 listen. You are going to be executed if you stand for Christ by the guillotines. The guillotines are already in America. 60,000 already. That'll be 60,000. You've got 50 states. You divide that into the 60,000. Each state will get so many, plus they're going to bring more over here. And guess who made an executive order to bring the guillotines over here? Guess who? Barack Obama. Barack Obama instituted to bring guillotines in the United States of America for execution of beheading. And they got 60,000 already in the United States. Since the United States have rebelled against the God of heaven, since the United States have turned their back on God Almighty, I ain't talking about Trump. I'm talking about they have turned their back on God Almighty, the government, the religious system, and the economical system 
have turned their back on God Almighty, and they are worshiping everything but God. And God said, if you want to worship that, I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give you the devil. I'm going to give you uh, 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 demons. I'm going to give you everything because during the tribulation period, demons are going to take possession of this earth, and they're going to roam and destroy, and they're going to they're going to have people jumping off of buildings and leaping off of buildings. They're going to have people's faces turning black. They're going to have people wanting to die and can't die. God said, if this is what you want, this is what you ask for. You don't want me. You don't want my son. You don't want my blood. You don't want my suffering. You don't want my crucifixion. You don't want my resurrection. You don't want me coming back. So before I come back, I'm going to let you have what you want. And the world is going to be handed over to the devil for seven years. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. And if I was you tonight, I would make up my mind and choose Jesus Christ. Because if you are left here, after the rapture, you're going to find out that you really wasn't saved. A lot of people are going to find out they was not saved. They was not, I thought, no, I think, no, I thought, no. They're going to find out that they are not saved and they have not received Christ. They've been playing phony baloney. They've been mucking around with the word of God and mucking around with what God is saying, thinking it ain't nothing, but if you left here, that means that you will have to face the tribulation period all the way through. Hope you make it. But I hope you don't have to go to a tribulation period because the tribulation period was made for one nation. The tribulation period was made for the Jewish people. And thank God for the Jew, because if it wasn't for the Jew, woo! There wouldn't be no tribulation period. It'll be a flat judgment. God would destroy the world, boom, bam, bam, I'm done, and gone into eternity. But by the Jewish people not fulfilling their mission, God owes them. I say God owes them seven years of dealing with the Jews that will, will conclude the 490 years that God promised them that he would deal with them, and that promise was cut off at the cross when he rolled to Jerusalem on the coat of an ass. He cut the Jews off and grafted the Gentiles in. Now the Gentiles is in, and they're getting ready to be grafted out, and God's going to graft the Jews back in so they can fulfill their ministry, and that ministry is the 144,000. That ministry is Moses and Elijah coming back, and they're going to fulfill that seven years that makes 490 years that God completely dealt with Israel to bring them back into relationship to him at the, at the end of the tribulation period so they can enter into the millennium knowing who their Messiah is. Don't you want to go to that land? So where are we, preacher? Where are we? It ain't going to be long. I'm getting ready to go home. I'm getting ready to go see Jesus. Don't you want to go? Don't believe nobody tell you something that them come out the word of God. 
Don't you believe it unless it come out the word of God. If it come out the word of God, you better believe it. It, 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 what's in the word? The word of God say repent. The word of God say believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God say confess with your mouth, believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. Believe that, and you shall be saved. And you talked about the white horse. Now let's get to the red horse. Third verse, it said, and then, and when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat there upon to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. This red heart represents World War III that Russia will bring on to a full scale, and it will be bloody. It will be a great slaughter. It will be unbelievable. When God destroys five sixths of the Russian army that they mustered up to go down and eliminate Israel, hailstone gonna blood, smoke, vapor, fire gonna rain out of heaven and slay those men. Dead bodies gonna be laying all over the land. Vultures and buzzards are going to come and eat men's flesh. Israel will be burning them for seven months. They will burn, be burning firewood for seven years. So that seven years represents the seven-year tribulation. Seven months represent the time that they will be able to, seven months, particularly to cleanse the land. When they cleanse the land, I believe that's the time that they will build the temple. And sanctify the temple. It's going to be awesome. That's the red heart. The red heart represents Putin. Gog and Magog will be defeated. The 38th and 39th chapter of what? Ezekiel tells you that this is the battle in which God will sanctify himself and the whole world will know that there is a God in heaven. And, and, and at least you'll know that there's a God. There's a lot of people that are atheists now. But the whole world will know that there is a God in heaven when the whole world shakes. And it won't be no weather report. It'll be something that God is showing. I'm the king of kings. I am the Lord of the Lord. I am the glory. I am the Alpha and Omega. He's going to show every rich man, every poor man, every high man, every black man, every white man, every Chinese man, every Jewish man, everybody is going to know that this God that they have been dogging for the last 6,000 years, they've been misusing his name and cussing his name and bloating his name and making fun of his name and talking about his name. They're going to find out and they're going to run 
but they ain't going to be able to hide. They're going to crowd to the mountains and the hills and the rocks and say rocks and mountains and hills fall on us, hide us from the one that sitteth on the throne. For the great day of the Lord God Almighty has come. That's the 38, 39th chapter of Ezekiel follows through with the third chapter of Revelation. That red horse, blood is going to be spilled all over the land. That ain't all yet. That, 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 that's the beginning of Armageddon. But Armageddon ain't got here yet. Armageddon don't come to the end of that when all the armies of the world will meet at a valley. Armageddon. That's when Christ comes back to the earth with the church. Armageddon is another battle from Gog and Magog, and Gog and Magog is a Another battle before God and make God. That's, that's the battle of the rings of fire that's fighting now. But after they get there, after they get their heads whooped off, God's going to whoop their heads. Then Russia will come. Russia get their head whooped. And then seven years later, here come all the armies of the world on Jerusalem to try to take it. They're going to get themselves whooped because Christ is coming back with the church with a sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth, dressed in white, royal diadem, and coming with 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands and thousands of saints, and we're going to rule the world with Christ with a rod of iron and enter into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And all the wicked dead won't be resurrected until after the millennium reign. So we got the white horse and our Christ. Got the black. We got the red horse. War, World War Three is a red horse. And then John said, "Look, fifth verse says, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard a third beast say, Come and see.' And I beheld, lo, a black horse." And he that sat on him had a pair of balance in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Anytime you have a war, anytime you have a big battle, a World War Three. Famine follows. After the war, there'll be a world famine. We'll strike the earth because nobody ain't going to be able to be planting nothing with all the carnage that this going to cause. It's going to shut down plants, shut down farmers. Ain't nobody going to be able to grow nothing. The weather change going to get bad. It's going to rain. It's going to hailstorm. It's going to tornadoes and hurricanes. And men ain't going to be able to plow and milk the cow. It's going to be a worldwide famine where food will be scarce and only the rich will be able to survive, and then they're going to have problems. It's going to be horrific. It's going to be mind-boggling. It's going to get so bad that people will cook their children to eat for food 
grocery store shelves would be empty. People would be fighting for food. People would have race riots in the street. People would be shooting down each other. People would be hiding in the woods and, and going back into to the forest to hide from the, 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 the rage of the Antichrist. Families would be turning against each other. People would be shooting each other. People would be going mad because of sin. Sin. Damn your soul. Sin will kill you. Spirit me that you will be separated from God forever in the lake of fire. Don't go. Don't go to hell. So we got what? We got white horse, red horse, black horse. No food, you die. No food, food wars break out. No food, eat anything you can get your hands on. No food, you eat anything. No water, why? No water, because the water going to turn to blood. River's going to turn to blood. Ocean's going to turn to blood. Sea's going to turn to blood. No water? What worm will make the water bitter? Because it's going to be a meteorite fall from heaven and probably hit the Mediterranean Sea. And it's going to make the water so bitter that if anybody drink it, they'll die. Oh, yeah, people jumping and having fun now, going on vacations. Oh, they're just partying up and down. Oh, they're just getting married, married and being married, giving into marriage. People still having sex organs, lying, cheating, backbiting. Oh, they're partying all night long, drinking drugs. Oh, man. But there's a day coming when all the joy is going to go into mourning. There ain't going to be no food. John said, look at this. He said, I got one more seal to open. Jesus is going to open one more seal. And I heard, and when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth beast said, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. This horse is a pale, sick-looking horse, and death followed it. And those that reject Jesus Christ and followed after the white horse and after the white horse, they ran into a red horse. The red horse ran into a black horse. And the black horse ran into a pale, sick-looking horse. And this horse is called death. And if anybody follows the Antichrist, they're going to end up with death and diseases and bacteria and oak, uh, 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 cola and virus and COVID. Ooh, all those diseases. It's going to swoop this earth, and people are going to be dying without any cure. There ain't going to be no vaccine to save nobody. 
the only vaccine that people are going to be able to get is the vaccine of the mark of the beast. When they receive that mark of the suit, their soul will be damned. When they receive the mark of the beast, souls are going to break out on them with boils. The sun is going to heat them up and scorch men's back with fire. And they're going to call out and blaspheme God and curse God and use all his name in vain because they refuse to repent. Oh, it's going to be a madhouse. Don't you want to go? You don't want to go there. Don't follow that white horse. Don't follow that Antichrist. Because if you follow the Antichrist, you're going to end up with war, you're going to end up with famine, and you're going to end up in death. But there's another horse, the fifth horse. The fifth horse is found in the 19th chapter of Revelation. Let's see what the fifth horse says. That's the end of the tribulation period. Let's see what it says. This is what John saw. 19th chapter 11 verse. 19th chapter 11 verse. Listen what the Bible said. Please listen what the Bible said. Quit trying to fix it yourself. Here's what the Bible said. The Bible says in the 19th chapter, the 11th verse, and John said, John the Revelator, John the one that was on the island, John that gave the Revelation to the seven churches of Asia Minor. The seven churches should know something about this. It says this, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Now, this is the horse I'll be riding with. I'm going to ride with this man. And he had, and he that said over him was called what? Faithful and true. In righteousness, he does judge and make war. God has been merciful, peaceful for 6,000 years. Now he's going to judge, and he's faithful and true. And he's going to judge and make war. And his eyes were flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written, no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vessel dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and he that is with it shall smite the nations, that he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of his fierceness, and the wrath of the Almighty God. And he had on his vestures, on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together into the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, of them that sit upon them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war against him that sat upon the horse and against the army. And the beast was taken with him, the false prophets, that wrought miracles before him, which he deceived them, which received the mark of the beast, and them 
that worship their image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burned with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. The sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with the flesh. It's going to be supper time. Supper time. Vultures and buzzards and all kinds of unclean birds will come down Armageddon. And the blood will fill the valley up to the horse's bridle over 200 square miles. And they will suck the blood up and drink it and drink it and drink it and drink it and eat the flesh and cleanse the land because God fought the battle to his son Jesus Christ and he smoked the armies of the world and they never will rise again. And by that It will be over. The Antichrist and the false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire. They are the first ones to go into the lake of fire. And then God is going to judge the nations. He's going to judge Israel, and then he's going to judge the nations. And when he judged the nation, goats on the left, the sheep on the right. He tells the goat, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. He tells the sheep, come into my father's house, which he has stored up for you. So we got the four horses, and they are getting ready to ride. Who are you riding with? If you're not riding with the fifth horse, you're in serious trouble. The only way you can ride with this horse because when the church comes back, they're coming back on horses. And if you have not been born again, saved, sanctified, cleansed by his blood, you won't be riding on these horses. These are holy horses. These are holy horses, perfect horses. And we will ride and rule in the millennium reign with Jesus Christ. And the birds and the buzzards and the vultures. And every flesh-eating bird will actually suck up the blood at the battle of Armageddon. Every army in the world, all the nations in the world that come up against Jerusalem, they're going to be coming up against God Almighty. His son, Jesus Christ, will rule. What do you want to do? What do you want to do in life? What do you want to do in this life? Do you want to live this life without Christ and have a good time. Just live the way you want to live. If you want to live that way and then die and go to hell. And if you go to hell, it will be your fault because Jesus Christ made a way that you can escape God's wrath. And God's wrath is not a picnic. God's wrath is not pretty. God's wrath is not handsome. God's wrath is your sin up on yourself because you reject the price that Christ paid on cross. Why don't you come to Jesus tonight? Why don't you give your life to Christ? 
Why don't you say, I'm just sick of this world. I'm just sick. You ain't sick of people now. I'm just sick of this world. I'm just sick of the way I live. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in the way I'm living. I'm tired of the way I'm living. I'm, I want a new life. And the only new life you can receive is Christ Jesus. He said, I'll give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Why don't you come to him tonight? What I got to do, preacher, repent. Aren't you sorry for the sins you've done against God? Just being a sinner. Lord, Lord, I'm sorry for being a sinner. I can't help from sinning. I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, but you gave me some help. You gave me an awesome help. You took my sins. You paid for my sins. You got out the grave for my sins. If I come into you, Lord, I can stop sinning. In other words, my soul can stop sinning. My spirit can stop sinning. My flesh is still going to give me problems, but I can live above sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing you got to do is say, Lord, I am a sinner. I'm a low-down, dirty, rotten sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. And I'm coming to you, Lord, right now. I'm coming to you to ask you to save my soul. Please, Lord, save my soul. I submit my soul, my spirit to you. Come in, Lord Jesus. Come in right now. I need you in these awful times we're living in. I know I can't make it without you. Save me in Jesus' name. Amen. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Just now. Just now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus just now. He will save. He will save. He will save just now. Just now. He will save. He will save you just now. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him just now. Just now. Only trust him. Only trust him just now. This is L.O.G. Bazaar coming to you, Warren, Ohio. Appreciate you for listening tonight. Don't.